Next week on episode 99, I'm going to bring it in. I'm going to introduce people. Hello, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to episode. You're going to change it up after 90, 90 I think I am, episodes. just to be difficult. <laughs> That's not cool. I, I have a special guest lined up for episode 100. I think oh, that, cool. I haven't people, talked to you about that. People have asked to have this guest back on. So, it, okay. It well. cool. cool, cool. They originally planned for next week, but then I realized 100 is the week after. So I Yeah, there you go. Well, I know who it is. Yes. So I moved them to 100. Because you told me they were going to be on next week. Yes. I lied to you. They're on They're on oh. in two weeks now. I don't, I don't know. You do. Okay. I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, want to do our sponsors? I do. I sound super congested on here tonight. I'll fix it in editing. It'll make you sound great. Will you? You uh, lie. Maybe. All right. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit ellisreptileracks.com or reach out to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Although they will not be in Oklahoma City this weekend. No. No, that's, that's too far away. It's the other side of the globe. So they will be at most Herb's Reptile Shows. Yeah, as long as you don't live 800 hours away. Correct. That is true. Is your microphone on? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. He just has to move it closer. How about that? There, there we you go. go. Much nicer. Yeah, so uh, Longview will be your first one. Correct. And then Conroe's the week after that? Correct. Correct. Hold on, hold on. Don't. No one tell me. No one tell me. We got a couple weeks off. Shit, no, I don't know what it's We got a couple weeks off, corpus. and then it's corpus. It's at the end of February. I should totally have looked at that. But I, all I know well, we is have that NARBC before that. We do. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, we will be at NARBC. And we have we will be, uh, other yeah, things. We'll be at the booth at NARBC next to uh, Python and a Pear Tree. Our buddy Michael Pinnell is going to have a booth. We'll have we set up doing interviews. Um, if you listen to us, stop by. Talk to us. Maybe we'll have Please, you on. that'd be great. We're going to do a bunch of interviews there for the whole weekend and just hang out. I'm looking forward to I've never been to NARBC Arlington. I've been to Tenley. But I've never been to Arlington. Uh, Robert's lived here and he's never been to Arlington. So it should be fun. Looking forward to that. Come by, see us. Uh, we Oh, we have a new giveaway for this month. I'm, I really like our giveaway this month. I mean, I like our giveaway a lot of months. But this one's really good. And it's another one that I'm upset that I can't buy. Because our win. Because I can definitely I say, buy I'm it. sure you could buy I it. I definitely buy it. I bet they but would I not have a it. problem with that at all. So our giveaway this month is brought to us by the Howdies over at Focus Cube. It is a third. It's their 36 inch by 18 inch replacement lid for their Exoterra glass enclosure. So if you have an Exoterra, you know it's a full screen lid, and if you're trying to hold in humidity, it's not the best. But they make a great PVC replacement lid, and it comes with a little screened in area if you want to put a light on there. But also the great thing I think about it is it'll allow you to attach stuff to the inside. So if you want to attach like a radiant, a small radiant heat panel to the inside of it. You can do that to the inside because it's PVC. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is go over to our Facebook page, the Reptile Gumbo Facebook page. It is linked at the top of the page and share it. Share that post. It's also on our Instagram. You can find that on Instagram. Share it on Instagram. But you share it. You're put in for the drawing. End of the month, we will draw a winner and you'll win a Focus Cubed 36-inch by 18-inch replacement lid for Exoterra Enclosure. So those of you that have the the it's a 40-gallon, I think it's a 40-gallon breeder size Exoterra's front opening, it's the lid for those. So it's really awesome. Go check it out. You can also go check it out on their website over on Focus Cube's website. 
they have a video where they kind of show you what it looks like, how it works and all. It's got little notches for running wires out of it or if you want to run like waterfalls or however you want to set it up. But I think it would be great if you do dart frogs. You want to do a big dart frog enclosure inside of one of those 36 by 18s. It'll help hold in humidity because those big screen lids on those things just leak humidity like crazy. Um, so go do that. Our other sponsors, Herps Reptile Shows. We talked about that. We talked about the Herps Reptile Shows. Go check them out. Uh, we may be at Longview. No, we're not going to Longview. You have a test that day. Oh, I do have a test that day. I won't be at Longview. But I'll be at Conroe. We'll be at Conroe. So come by and see us. But again, Robert will be at Longview. Come by and see him. And then, uh, oh, Wiregrass Exotics. They're moving. We talked about it. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a big thing coming. We talked about last week. There's a big thing coming. The big thing coming is they're moving. We need to take our stockings down. We didn't take our stockings down. <clears throat> yeah, Chris mentioned them to me last week. There's no, yeah. no candy in those. My Christmas tree's still up in the living room because it makes me happy. So yeah, there's that. I could just, <laughs> if we had purple and like a purple and a yellow stocking, we could just do Mardi Gras stockings. Oh. And then, you know, then the Mardi Gras fairy comes and put <clears throat> beignets and like bowls of gumbo. I could be down for that. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I think I just created a, a great new just, addition to Mardi Gras. Just created a new tradition Fair, in the, the Mardi Gras Fair brings you brings you gumbo and beignets. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, go check out everybody's over. They're still in Ozark, Alabama, but they are now on 231, the main highway that runs through 231. The only good thing about 231, uh, besides Wiregrass Exotics being on it, is it leads you straight to Troy University, uh, and the rest of the state can go to hell. <laughs> Especially Alabama, you lost. Uh-huh. So. What? It's been a great day. I know. It's... My Facebook feed's been so quiet. <laughs> All those Alabama fans. Not really sure what's going on today. Bless them. Poor Alabama. Fuck them. So, uh, anything else going on before we bring our, our guest in? I think we have anything else going on this week. Anything? We talked about the giveaway. We talked about... Uh, I wanted to make sure we talked about Arlington. I'm still looking forward to that. Have we gotten a hotel room for Arlington? No, you haven't told me where. Have you? Are we going to try to do Airbnb? All right, I believe so, so. We will. We will iron out those details. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say for anybody that does shows on a regular basis, check out Airbnb. Especially if you can get like two or three, if you have buddies that do shows. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you can get Airbnb and it's nice. There's an actual kitchen somewhere to hang out later on. It's the only thing that ever stops me is that because you have to pay for them. cleaning fees. Well, no, you have to pay for them in advance. Oh yeah, the damn cleaning fees. Yeah, yeah, you do have to watch out for those. They will kill you on that stuff. Yep, but. I mean, other than like, I I understand people won't stay at hotels where other people are staying. I get that. But sometimes with <clears> Airbnbs, you can find really nice ones for not that much if you look around. So, all right. So let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Absolutely. Let me pull him up on the screen. Our guest is Kai Fan from, well, from a lot of things. But the, the one that I will probably know you from is the Monitor Keeping Podcast. Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice to meet you guys. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking uh, before we came on. Kai and I have been Facebook friends for 12 years. I know everybody's got those Facebook friends who like they joined, like they added them as a Facebook friend and then never talked to them and they've been Facebook friends for over a decade. That was, <laughs> that was Kai. Guys. That was Kai. But like I would see his stuff pop up all the time. Like I, I know everything that's going on, but we, yeah, we never talk. That is exactly how women with children feel with their friends that they used to have before they had children. Because you watch their kids grow up through Facebook. So like you feel like you've just talked yeah. to them last week. Even though you haven't actually spoken or seen each other in person in years. Yeah. So everyone out there knows exactly what you're talking about. Well, we figured out I must we must have become Facebook friends from the old forum days on Kingsnake because that's where he and I, like, yeah. I used to be on Kingsnake or, forum. Or the Kingsnake chat room. Mm-hmm. I remember the Kingsnake chat room, yes. Were you in there? Yes. Yeah. 
Those are the old golden days. <laughs> I probably You're aging miss yourself right now. <laughs> I miss those days. People are like, "What's a chat room?" Much more simpler. Yes, you know? they yeah. really yeah. were. And I remember when you were, when you were real little, the chat room. The first thing you always wrote was ASL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. Katie, do you remember that? I do remember I that. Sure you did that. You're looking at me like you didn't do that. No, I was just thinking like, I remember writing a paper in college explaining like why the tricks rabbit never got the cereal and the kids always got the cereal. Like, how does I'm, that tie I'm, into what we just Because said? it was simpler times and oh, like that was that, a concern. Did you hurt yourself making that I, leap? Look, I'm awake and I'm here. Oh, by the way, for anybody that's like, I don't know, 25 and younger, ASL is age, sex, location. Every chat yeah, room. That's what you like, would, uh, ask somebody when you entered a chat room. Yes, or you wanted to make and, and sure was, you weren't being a creeper. Everyone seemed to be eighteen. Yep. Everyone was eighteen, whether they were fifty-five mm. or twelve. But, <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyways, so uh, I've been wanting to have Kyle. So you have the monitor keeping podcast, Katie. You've listened to this one. I have. I very much enjoyed the few episodes that I've listened to. I, I forced you to listen to them on car rides. Yeah, but I enjoyed. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. So it wasn't. I guess. <laughs> I mean, you were driving, so you had control of the radio, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I could have tuned it out and read a book or taken an app. See, none of us, none of us keep monitors. Oh, I, so I've had monitors, two monitors in the past, way before I should have owned monitors. I didn't know jack about them. So I had a an Aki before I knew they were called Aki's. Someone uh, gave it to me as a spiny-tailed monitor. It's like, cool, I'll take this thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I gave it away to somebody or something. Don't remember what happened to that one. And then someone gave that was, me a, that was like before our kid was, yeah, it was born. A while, it was a while back. Yeah. And then someone gave me a blue tail monitor, which I was fucking not prepared for at all. That was a horrible idea. This full yeah. grown blue tail monitor that I remember it would get out of the cage because I didn't have the door secured properly. And it was in a, it was what used to be the back porch, what became an enclosed room and actually part of the house. So the one wall was brick and that motherfucker would run straight across the wall, just back and forth. When you get out. You just have, he yeah. freaking loved that brick wall, though. I guess it was maybe a texture thing for him because it was different oh, than the other treat. walls in the room. Yeah. But he did. He loved that brick wall. I love lizards in general, and monitors are just so intelligent. I, we just do not have the time for monitors. And I feel I mean, like to do them justice, you truly have to have the time that you can dedicate to them. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely true. Um, I think it's just they're just so demanding every day, right? Just the typical work they eat, basically every day almost. Um, and then they're so active, you know, throwing around soil, climbing, yes. all all that stuff like that. And then uh, that textured wall that you were mentioning, they my mine, like they love hanging on like cork walls and hanging from stuff. So it's perfectly perfect example of what they want in their enclosure um it just reminds them of like a big tree trunk or something like that or something they can scale it's the only lizard i've ever put a harness on because mm-hmm. i would take it outside to let it go but i mean if i put it outside without a harness it was fucking gone i think it was fast um, yeah it would, it would run back and forth along the brick wall in the house uh attached to a harness it was like flying a kite along the house yeah, yeah so- my, my worst bite was from a blue tail monitor it grabbed me in my middle finger man i started crying <laughs> <laughs> the the tooth is I don't know if it's still in there, but there's definitely a bump. Oh my gosh. Um, this was years ago too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was a and it wasn't even a full grown one. It was probably about three feet and I was um a- assessing like a, a, a nose rub that it had before it got to me, right? 
And so I kind of like took my eye off its mouth and my hand was there, obviously trying to apply the, the silver cream right on the nose and uh, bam, it just grabbed my finger. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was my, my part, my dumb part. I should have used like a, a chopstick or something like that, or a Q-tip to, to tap it rather than using my finger, but you know, live and live and learn. Live and there learn. you go. Yeah. We got a couple of people in the chat. Alana's here. Um, well, Ashley Howdy, she's got Ashley Howdy is pumped that you're on the show tonight. She, it was it's speaking great. of Focus Cube. Uh, well, that's because she has the the scariest monitor of all. <laughs> she has the Croc monitor, and then she, yeah, it then makes it look a black, like a puppy she has the dog. black dragon, the big black dragon that mm-hmm. we're gonna make her color yeah, brain studio. They're, they're yeah. a lot of beasts. I, I stick with the medium size monitors. There yes. you go. Yeah, that's and if you guys were getting back into it, there are even smaller monitors than Aki's. Really? That are available now, yeah. Um, I mean, more readily they were available then too, but you know, obviously in very scarce numbers until people brought them over from like Eastern Europe and stuff like that f- through those channels, right? <laughs> those uh, those German those German Australian lizards. I really, <laughs> yeah, I really like skinks. There's a ver- there's like a very big ball- variety of skinks out there. Yeah, skinks are actually something that I've never. Uh, other than like sandfish, right? I've had some sandfish. Um, I've never ventured into them, but I wanted to to do other stuff other than egg layers, like the live bearing stuff that skinks do. Yeah, I want to. <clears throat> I want to have. I want to have some something like that uh, as experience later on, and also the egg gluers too. I just have. I've, I've only done egg layers. <clears throat> I, I like. I've like I said on here before. I, I want a blue tongue. But I definitely wouldn't breed them just because the breeding of blue tongue skinks scares the ever little oh, crap out of them. Oh, yeah. They're nuts. I've seen some videos where they rip each other's arms and yeah. tails off. Just like spin and rip a leg off. I'm like, what the? No. F-? And then they'll still like, lay it, they'll breed. I'm like, what the hell? How, yeah. how does that happen in evolution yeah. that the evolutionary path is rip your fucking leg off and we're still going to have like, sex? <laughs> worse. It's like worse than, you know. Like rape, it's just, it's just torture. <laughs> Could you just imagine, like on your honeymoon, you just rip your wife's arm off, and then you still get to have sex at the end? Like that doesn't. No, it doesn't compute in human seem, in like, human terms. But it's not like it grows back. Like their leg is gone, so you just have a three-legged skink, and then some eggs. Yeah, there's a bunch of the, uh, bunch of bunch of wounds. Camp Kennan got his oh his monitor. I was gonna talk about that. Back. Cops found his his black dragon. Yes, I was gonna bring that up. Anybody that watches oh, uh, good. watches Harkin, Camp Kennan on uh on YouTube, he got his black dragon stolen, and I think it was another water monitor. Yeah, uh, you know it's it sucks. Like I love you know, showing people my stuff, right? Yeah. But I wish I wish I can be so much more. Um, I mean, I'd love to just be like, hey, come over, you know, because that's the type of like personality that I'd, I'd love to have. But I just know that. Me inviting too many people over, mm-hmm. you know, just, just it just opens up a a, a a can of worms that you don't want to, you know. It's a fucked up world. I just saw where Eric yeah. Vogel, he's a venomous keeper. Uh, I think he lives in Michigan. Uh, his local newspaper, no, in Ohio, his newspaper saw that he got a permit to be able to keep uh, dangerous species, and uh, they ran a story with every animal he has listed. <gasps> Jesus Christ! The Why? And then everybody else in that county that has that permit with every animal they have listed. Okay, okay. Too. now you know where to go, Rob. Right. That is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fucked up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. you, there's, there's no other other thing where that would be okay. It would be like, oh, 
You got five kids. All right, we're gonna list all their ages. Can where in the house their bedroom do that? is? I mean, obviously they did it. I don't know if they. Yeah, if it's if it's it depends on permit. If the permit requires them to have a permit per whatever, and you have to list them. Then yep. yeah, it's a public record. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's Pretty crazy. Yeah. So anybody that didn't follow uh, Kenny Harkin, his it was his black throat. Thank you, uh, Dale. The black throat is the one that's still missing, and then his black dragon, um, and and it's crazy because the black dragon was to get to it. So. If you've ever watched any of his videos, he lives in, on this amazing piece of property. But to get to the Black Dragon, you had to go through one gate into another gate to get into where he has some big old iguanas, big, uh, I think, rhino iguanas. And then you had to go to the cage and get into the cage and go through that door to get to the Black Dragon. So they passed up the rhino iguanas. They went all the way across his property. They passed all of his turtles and tortoises. And they took a black throat, which was on a cage just outside to that, adjacent to it. And the and the black and the black water of uh, the black dragon. And yeah, that's nuts. There's there's been quite a few cases now. In, I mean, specifically down south and in Florida, right, where people are just getting broken into, and you know, uh, like Tom Crutchfield. Yeah. Um, they uh, they actually did quite a quite a bit of damage. They killed, killed animals. Yeah, they killed stuff. Yeah. Um. That's that's pretty heartbreaking. What the hell is wrong with people? Like I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a good, there was a good lesson like that. I guess people were trying to teach, like you know, there's this stuff like we have. It's it, it's awesome. Whether it's something you know simple or whatever, but people are kind of kind of envy you because you they they don't have it. Maybe you know. Um, I mean, just just work hard just to get it. You know, that's like what all of us have have kind of put in where kind of are earning all these animals, you know, we've paid for, worked hard for, um, a lot of us have saved, you know, eight ramen noodles for a while. I was going to say for some animals you've saved for a very long time to be able yeah. to afford them. I worry because yeah. I've got my sulcatas outside. I worry all the time that someone's going to drive by, see them and go, huh, I want that tortoise and go mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing I can do. They want to hop the fence and grab the tortoise. Like, they're going to hop the fence and grab the tortoise. You know, yeah. at least with oh. Kenan's situation, I think he's learned he's gonna gonna lock stuff now. I mean, he didn't have locks yeah. on any of his cages. Yeah. It sucks because uh, you know he's such a. Why would people do that to, to some you know to somebody and all their animals? Oh um, man! So my dad was saying, talking about the list in the guy's reptiles. He said uh, it was also done in New York, where a newspaper listed every permitted gun owner in the city. Yeah, that happened a couple of years ago. That's fucked up too. But I just I don't know that whole thing. I saw I saw that and then I saw the video today where he got uh, got it back. He couldn't tell much detail on it, but they, they pretty much know where it came from, where it went, and now he's ho hopefully he'll get his his black throat back. But so that was it was somewhat happy ending story, but that's messed up. I was still surprised no one grabbed any tortoises. I mean, it's very easy to grab tortoises <laughs> as you go. Yeah, my dad said, you know, at least the tortoise will piss all over them. That is true. You got to pick them up. <laughs> That's probably why people didn't grab tortoises anywhere. They, they may have grabbed a tortoise and then just pissed all over them. Like, fuck yeah. it, I'm going for the lizards. Yep. Well, you notice they didn't go after the uh, croc monitors on Kenan's property. No. Oh. <laughs> They'd still be in there just like with missing fingers. No yeah. Ontario, Canada, I had a black dragon that sells for $5,500. No, no, read that again. I'm from Ontario, Canada, and the black and dragon the black sells. Third. Not he has okay. one that okay. sells. And they sell. For, they're not cheap here either. I mean, they're yeah, they're not cheap. They've gone up, and they're, you know, uh, not not to say the poor man's Komodo dragon, but they grow up to look like a Komodo dragon. You know, 
Um, well, so, and they take good Instagram pictures. Very, that drives their price a lot because they take really great, really great Instagram pictures, and everybody goes, "I want that." Yeah. Actually, yeah. Everybody's a new dream, dream pet lizard. Currently, it's one of the best. It's one of the top rated. <clears throat> Which is yeah, crazy because I remember growing up thinking, well, like in the hobby, water monitors will fucking rip you up, and those and like Nile monitors, and, you, and they were for sale cheap in pet stores. Yeah, like a hundred dollars. Yeah. And you're like, what yeah. the hell's what? Why, why is that thing only a hundred dollars? And it gets, I mean, they get huge. I don't. I think yeah. you see these little tiny watermarks. They don't realize they get it's, fucking it's, big. It's, back then, they came in for twenty dollars, twenty five bucks. Like if you bought fifty or a hundred, they were very cheap. So so dirt cheap. Well, that's the other thing is they were I coming think, in. Like the black dragons aren't coming in. Black dragons. These people are producing right. them. So now, like they're not. Yeah, they're producing them. They're now. much there's friendlier. There's still wild pots that come in though. Really? There's yeah. There's still a lot of genetic diversity that comes in and then as far as like black black water monitors there's a whole variety of them going from like um i guess you would say the togiana species from togian island yeah. right that's still a very black water monitor but it's a smaller variety it's not exactly the black dragon though um and then the black dragon itself has quite a few degrees on when they're born some are born with the typical Salvatore pattern, but you can definitely tell it is blacked out, right? And then some are born pitch black, and then they also get quite a bit larger. Um, and so <clears> people <throat> are always debating back and forth between what's what's you know the right one because there's quite a few people that are breeding, um, I would say different grades of black Salvatore, right? So there's, you know, ones that have a kind of a brownish pattern and then the spots still that you can see and they get darker and darker as they age. And then some are even born completely black. And then there's size differences between the quite a few difference, different, different ones um, kind of sets a, like maybe a locality difference or something like that from a different place. And then it just marks a, the, the different characteristics that pertain to that animal, that size and everything like that. So are, are Nile monitors still fairly big in the hobby or have water monitors since they're more common take kind of taking their place and people have backed off on Niles? Um, I, I think it's just the Niles have still caught that rap where they're, you know, sort of a difficult species to work with that you can get them kind of dime a dozen so people don't really hold a lot of regard to them so and then at the same time not a lot of people really put effort into breeding them and then when you, when you breed them your comparison price from what you need to pay pay and charge for everything right because they cost so much in in when you compare to a 50 dollars lizard sold at the show you know it's hard to sell your animal for 600 bucks when um well it's kind of like savannah monitors people have like yeah. You can still get Savannah monitors super cheap, so you don't have a ton of people breeding them. Yeah. And they've been in the hobby forever. Yeah, and then they're also, you know, imported by the droves. Yeah. So you get a whole bag, just like ball pythons are imported, you know, by the thousands. And you can buy a whole sack on unopened sack, right? They sell they sell that. They market that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, same thing with the Savannahs, Savannah bag and the Nile bag and whatever other animal that comes in in a sack. Crawfish. When you said crawfish. that, I'm really talking crawfish. crawfish. 
I actually uh, oh, buy God. my <laughs> crawfish from uh, Louisiana crawfish, right? Yeah. And they come they come in a sack. They do. I, oh, yeah. I, have, yeah. I have I have quite a few of them in the front right now. Nice. Just you know, they're sun baking sacks. That's so funny. <laughs> like you can yeah. tell where my brain is because I'm like season. I have king cake downstairs, which is actually pretty good king cake for Texas king cake. I was impressed. Um, and I'm ready for crawfish. So yeah. I did have something to contribute. So I know with um, like with my Mexican black king snake that I have, it, I feel like the larger she gets, the more iridescent she becomes. Like the black is almost an iridescent yeah. black. Are the monitors yeah. like that too? Yeah. The um, Okay. It's, in a way, it's, it's quite different. They start off looking one color, right? So like let's say even Komodo dragons. We, we know – large Komodo dragons to be like that dusky brown color, right? Mm-hmm. But when they're born, they're very vibrant. They've got a lot of spots and yellows and greens and oranges. And you can tell there's a whole pattern, but that all dissipates. And I guess many reptiles go through that. I think it's called ontogenic. Autogenic. Yeah, where their patterns just go from one thing and then ends up a whole different look. And that that's their formal, you know, evolved evolved state or whatever. Right. That's what happened to me too. Yeah. I used to be young and skinny. <laughs> and you're in your evolved state. I, I, I got my, quite a my, bit more gray than I used to have. So. In my final form. <laughs> I know I we, we must not be the form for Antoine because he's only got eyes for James right? tonight. <laughs> It's fine, Antoine. Will I'll see you in Arlington. I was just listening Lord. to uh, his episode with Chris today. Oh, did you? yeah. That's good Chris, Chris called me out for I talking mean, shit about Beaumont. Yeah, <laughs> Beaumont. I mean, it's it's fine. Antoine shouldn't have that episode. He didn't outright win it. Oh my gosh! But whatever, you know. Move on, James. Whatever, for those Antoine, of you that are listening and are not live or can see the chat, uh, James is currently wearing an in blue reptile podcast shirt. Yeah, that podcast came out last week. It did, but it's a lovely green color, which is actually one of my favorite colors on him. And Antoine agrees. Said the green was bringing out his eyes. He's such a stud muffin. Oh, I know. Then he said <laughs> 10 of 10 would smash. <laughs> so let's get into <laughs> let's get into monitors that Kai does keep because I know that you keep some of the the cooler, the, the mid-range, like three to four foot type stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I also keep some Kimberly rocks as well, which are kind of like 24 to 30 inches. I guess almost three feet. They're mostly tails and they're still kind of small. <laughs> yeah. So you're keeping yeah. most of your stuff, though, is more the arboreal things, right? Other than the kind of uh, Kimberly's, but the. Yeah, er- everything is quite arboreal. Uh, they they kind of do everything except for the Kimberly's don't do too much water, but. The, the mangroves, which I have quite a bit. I probably have about like 15 mangroves, um, you know, all different types of varieties from they're under one complex. So I'm just going to vaguely speaking, you know, basically just kind of all just say mangroves as a as a general classification for all of them. But, you know, I have Varanus coli and I have um, Solomon Island Indicus. I have uh, quite a few different um other random ones that I, I bought and I'm just trying to see what they will look like. So they're like unknown localities, but they're all considered mangrove monitors. Well, they're, they're, they're so diverse and widespread from like, I would say like the Philippines and that part all the way to Australia. So it's a pretty big gap for them. And then every single Island, they're kind of a little different. They're actually soup. If we get it really into it, they're uh they're probably one of the coolest, you know, 
um, as far as what they can do. Um, I've been able to start my whole collection in one group with just one animal because it was parthenogenic and then use it to breed back. And then I make a whole bunch of more babies. <laughs> That's with cool. Yeah. So um, they're island hopping lizards. And the science behind that is, I guess, if they were to go and land on a random island and they're by themselves, they can essentially populate that island by themselves. Um, and I was able to prove that recently with a few clutches because that baby is now grown. He's a three-year-old male. Bed back to the mom, and he's fertile. Oh, that's awesome! Because um, then there's always that idea that uh, partho babies can't reproduce. I mean, because uh, komodos are famous for it, for doing it in zoos, having uh, komodos yeah. have partho babies, which falls along the same line as yours. They're island species, which would fall on the same line of just popping up on islands and not having anybody to mate with, and let's make some babies. So, yeah. if you're not a monitor person and you have no clue what this Kimberly Rock monitor is, and you Google it, you actually have to put monitor after the name because if you don't, <laughs> you get this really cool Aboriginal Kimberly art. Rock, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is also cool. It that's is the, super the, cool. And I was yeah. like, oh, maybe this is where they're from. Yes, um, and yeah, that's but, cool. what's where they're from? It's uh, I have like a. I, I went to. Um, Nevada, right? We're, I didn't even go to to Las Vegas to go to the, to the strip. We went herping. I just <laughs> I took a bucket. I took a bucket of red sand, you know, nice. um, that the red soil that's like on the road. I was like, yo, I can't get that anywhere. I, I have to take. Oh, I have okay. to take some. Yeah, and then um, I took some home, and I use it in their enclosure now because it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to resemble, you know, the that whole uh, rocky outcrop orange mountain look yeah you just need a picture of you the sand and that old you know there's always the i went to whatever and all i got was this t-shirt it's like mm. i went to vegas and all i got was this sand look <laughs> you're not as long as you don't have anybody like show up at your house because that was really illegal or something and now you've <laughs> mentioned sand. it on the podcast like i mean my mom takes rocks from just about everywhere we, we go taking rocks and from, like, she, parking lots. Like, yes, rocks. i'm like mom you do not need this rock and she's like but yeah. i do and <laughs> Yeah, they don't need they don't need that soil. I mean, yeah, like as long as, as, long as the podcast isn't going to turn into like, you know, somebody knocking on your door for that. Um, it's but, all right, my animals are happy. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you, your priorities are set. Um, but I but I was I was looking at the Kimberly the Kimberly Rock Monitor, and it's really cool looking. The tail. The striped yeah. tail is yeah, really neat, that. and like a it's like a zebra. Right? It is, Almost, it yeah. is. It's yeah. a really cool. And then a, a picture for this Pilbara rock monitor popped up. Awesome, also and awesome. It's like got some of the prettiest reds and oranges I think I've ever seen on a lizard. Um, and this is, I'm sure that it probably falls in like some type of a a cousin or whatever. But when I think of monitors. This is going to age me. You're going to say Goanna? I was from, from Rescuers, Rescuers Down Under. Well, like, they're Australian monitors. She's she's the one I think of when I think jo of. Joanna? Yeah, of Joanna, who was a Goanna. Joanna. Yeah, yeah. but and that's who I think of when I think of monitors. <laughs> I'm sure there have been others well, in so film. We were, we were at the zoo. But she's the one I think we of. We were at the zoo a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were at the Komodo thing, and I heard heard a guy behind me, an Australian guy behind me, go, yeah, it's like the Goannas we have back home. And I was like, I turn around and say, those are cool too. <laughs> those yeah. are those are neat. And then like parentes, those are really freaking cool. Yeah. That's I'd love to go to Australia and just see like all the monitors. We talked yeah. about Australia at school today. Places I don't want to fucking go because it's so damn hot. And you know what's crazy? They have them like 
I don't know, maybe what's a really common little fence lizard that you have or, you know, something yeah. that's super common on the road, right? Theirs is just as common out there. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's why like carpet pythons yeah. are like rat snakes. It's, I mean, they're, right. yeah. you, you see carpet pythons in their fucking houses well, just and in the toilets. The and Look at, uh, what's the name? They used to work for Nerd, just moved. Rob? Rob. He said he just wants to come find a broadband water snake. Yes. And I'm like, shit, we get tired of looking at them. Yeah. Down here. Wow. We talked about Australia today. Rob moved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, I know know Rob from way back then, too. He actually just helped me with the clutch of mangroves that I hatched. Um, I was having, I don't know, weird trouble. So not all of them are. Most of them were fertile. A couple of eggs were, I would say, like, um, died in egg partial way through, right? Uh, through the incubation process. So maybe about like five or six months in, the egg just went black, oh. right? And so uh, we kind of started to smell. And then when it, when it goes black inside, it's essentially dead. And then it starts to obviously decay because the heat is, is slowly cooking it, right? Um, and so it, it has this sheen over it. And then I typically am, I already can pinpoint that it's it's a dead egg. So I'll take it and I'll cut it. And so I cut it, pulled the the the, the pink baby out. So it wasn't even developed its colors yet. And typically they develop the colors at the end, you know. Um, but it was just this fully formed pink baby mangrove monitor. And so I was having trouble with the, the, the clutch I felt. And then um, Rob actually helped me through the process of... Uh, Pipping a couple of the eggs and letting them hatch out on their own. Um, yeah, because I was afraid that they drown or, or you know, have mishaps and stuff. So the one thing I'm assuming is different. Most of your stuff is the the like endo type lizards uh, monitors and stuff, but then you get yeah. the Kimberly rocks. That that care's got to be drastically different, right? Kimberly rocks have got to um, be much warmer, aren't they? So generally, I what it is is. Or what do you guys? What are you guys used to keeping? So that way I can kind of. What uh, are you I, I do snakes. I, I've got boas okay. and samboas and stuff like that. All right, so you can kind of keep your warm spot pretty. I would say designated in one little area, right? Yeah. And uh, all right, so with the monitors, it's kind of just a bunch of more different options, just because they do so much more, you know. Um, and if I can apply all of those or majority of them in one setup from a very hot range to a very, very cool range and give them the option to choose, I kind of keep them all the same. And um, so there's actually no real difference Hmm. at all. Um, Now, to kind of go back, even though I do keep some of the Indo stuff and Australian stuff, uh, they, they share the same bodies of water almost on where I keep them. So where there's Papua New Guinea, right? Yeah. And then obviously Australia is just right there. There's only, there's only a real waterways between them. There's not that far, right? And then I keep the animals on the surrounding islands underneath and around Papua New Guinea. And, and so they actually can and you know come to Australia. So the, that whole general area is very, very close together still. It's not, all, gotcha. it's not drastically far apart like Australia and Africa, right? Which are totally different type of monitors. Oh yeah, but we can get into that as well. So, but um, I forgot I had a Savannah uh, monitor at one point. That was a nightmare too. <coughs> that was a me not. That was a twenty dollars Savannah monitor on a table at a cheap reptile show. Going, <laughs> I want this horrible idea, <laughs> and it wasn't even a baby. It was like already like a foot and a half long. It never <laughs> wanted to be touched, and it was never going to happen. It was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't. 
you can leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, those those guys are hard, kind of kind of hard to breed in captivity. All the African monitors prove to be pretty difficult. Even the people that are trying, that are very well skilled, have a have a hard time. That's a lizard eye thing does not get kept right. I mean, I know it does not get kept right. But I mean, because that's a lizard likes to dig, and most people do not give their savannas right. three foot of dirt or four foot of dirt to be able to to really dig a burrow when it's full grown. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the the, the thing that um, some people are still learning in the hobby, where especially in 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 America, um, some other countries um, have that already kind of tuned down, where um, they're they're able to heat up the amounts of soil right um not that it, it isn't done in america it's just now being more um more taught or it's 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 beaten into people more as as uh females are dying because you know they don't really grow past a year old once they reach sex maturity people don't allow them to to have deep soil to lay they basically get egg bound and die oh, um and so those practices are being taught a lot more now where that's where I kind of wanted to continue where with my habitat set up a little bit right on the Kimberleys or the mangroves even though they live from two different things two different types of habitats I still basically keep them pretty warm and humid and that that amount of mass soil that I have or sandy soil or that rocky stuff that I got from Nevada right I just have it moist and I heat it up and it develops humidity on its own without having me spraying the enclosure over and over just to keep up with ambient humidity or something like that. So <clears throat> the moist soil kind of generates and then, it, you know, obviously it goes upwards and into the enclosure and saturates the air. I've seen some people they'll take, they'll build either a kind of like a false bottom under the soil or a false back wall and they'll run like heat cable through there to try and heat up the soil that way too, to heat it from below or heat it, at least back heat it from the back of the cage. Because, yeah. Cause you're not, you're not going to penetrate all the way to the bottom with your heat lamp, no matter what it is, if you really give them a deep soil. Right. And that's what, uh, that's what I basically do. I add a uh, large heat pads like cane mats and dog blanket. Yeah. yeah and uh, I, I attach them to the sides of the enclosures on the outside. I also kind of made a, a PVC. It's kind of like an insert or uh, it's very thin. It looks like a chessboard, and you insert a heat pad into it and slap it against the wall. These are for the smaller enclosures because the cane mats, they don't make them smaller than 18 by 18, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I slap those in for my dwarf monitor cages because they're only so big, and, you know, three foot of cane mat or even two foot of cane mat kind of takes up too much nesting area when I really only want to hone it in on one area so I don't have to dig through the whole <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes. uh, so the Howdy's at uh, Focus Cube built an awesome uh, monitor cage for Sean Gray at his new Herbs Reptile Shop. And it's got probably like 18 inches of soil. But uh, so he can tell you exactly how much is in it because he put it in. Because he put it in there. Yeah. He went, he <laughs> so he can tell it. you. It probably hurt his back too. Yeah. Getting it out yeah. of there. But uh, it was cool. We were in there the other day and they were both out. And I was, I was looking, I was like, man, that, what the fuck's going on with that monitor? And then I realized it was the male, and he was walking around with his tail all like cockeyed to the side. Uh, and then <laughs> at one point, he crawls up on the rock next to her and like tries to shove his tail like right up next to her. I was like, oh, okay, that's what he's doing. <laughs> I, he's, I was like, he's just walking around for her. But that whole thing is cool. It's got the big rocks, and they can come lay underneath the heat. Mm -hmm. And then he did a, a like sewage pipe 
to run down yeah. into the dirt to keep the tunnel. And then like there's like a a hamster, like a guinea pig igloo that's down there that he packed the sand around to yeah. hold the the shape of the, the He's trying to figure out whatever way he can and make it fortified. Um that's uh, exactly what I do too. It's uh it's tricky because she'll lay like if something is kind of propped like this, she'll lay right there. Um, yeah. and that way it's uh it's secure she feels like it, it can hold you know it'll stay constant and it's probably something that is catching warm throughout the day um so yeah i have uh all my all my warm generate generating areas i have like stuff piled up 45 at a 45 degree angle against it and then i just pack a bunch of dirt underneath it so speaking of cages i want to speak of one that i've seen pop up and now i'm starting to see pop up in snake groups and I'm assuming in the monitor hobby, it's uh, I know a lot of people do it, but it's probably frowned upon, which are grow tents. I don't Ooh. understand how grow tents became a go-to. <clears throat> you know. Okay, so for those of us that don't know, what is a grow tent? Because so, I'm going to so, Google it, but it's, you can explain so, it to you. Um, well, okay, well, I, well, I guess we'll explain it. So a grow tent is just a, it's to grow plants, you know, plants. Plants. Um, okay. Yeah, Very so, green. I mean, that's uh, what yeah, I, when you said grow tent, I imagine like an indoor greenhouse or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's basically a little little thing that you can have in your room. Uh, what it does, the, uh, ideally what it does well is hold humidity and somewhat structurally sound only with the frame inside of it. I was about to say, this uh, thing looks like it could fall apart if you blow right, on it hard. Um, looks like a kid's Yeah, tent. and so it, it is for me, it is real sketch um, for for maybe sharp claws. That's and what I was thinking. Out. Yeah. Um, but also like just um, just monitors in general are, are fucking assholes in enclosures. Like they're <laughs> ripping bulbs. You know, they're ripping bulbs out, pulling wires. The the wire that goes from the socket to the wall is only four inches and he's grabbing it and just pulling it, you know, um, just ripping bulbs, just <clears throat> everything. And so um, the way you have to set lamps and stuff in there, it's very, very sketchy with where the cords are all going for me i have to really be because everything is going on like I, I try to be in control and i know you know just what's going on with all the cords i can easily get to them everything is pretty easily accessible you know um and it's kind of tucked away neatly and everything like that with the the grow tin it's it's a little bit where you have to jig the wire up have it come over drop the lamp down you know things like that or or have the lamp kind of attached to the frame that's inside yeah. of the grow tent, right? Yeah, so it's a it's a tricky. I don't really recommend them for monitors. Uh, maybe like a smaller lizard that's not going to tear it up. I can see it working, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I just need to see this in person because I'm scrolling no, through it's, these. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm scrolling think. through these pictures on face on uh, Facebook on Google, and I'm like, why would anyone ever put an animal inside? It's cheaper this? than a cage. Yeah, it's cheaper it, than a cage. It's like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. It's oh, I'm looking size. at the wrong ones because yeah. some of these are like 300 bucks. So you can go spend 50 or 60 bucks and then when they destroy it. And then when it rips through it and you, you find your monitor running up your wall. One for me that, yeah. you know, they yeah. won't, but you're already out 50 or 60 bucks. Well, that's like picture. Like, I had that blue tail monitor and I'm just, <clears> if it tries to climb up the side of a grow tent, it'll rip straight through it like Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they come like, you know, I've, I've, I've seen some huge. of them. Like, they, they come kind of thick. They're not as they're not as like tenty as you think, you know, like a flimsy tent was just <clears throat> one little ply of whatever that tech that, that 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 material is. It's kind of yeah, there's there's 
there's insulation within yeah the, the things. Some so, of these are hardcore. Yeah, I yeah, they're seen, not as flimsy as I, I thought they'd be. One or two use it the way that I thought we would need. They had cages. They just basically used the grow tent as a small snake room or reptile mm-hmm. room. I put the cages yeah. in there right. to help control humidity. Oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. And the, there was a person that I guess went through a, a winter storm. Their electricity went out. And so they had this grow tent and they just shoved all their stuff inside of it, closed it, and it, it conserved its heat within that tent hmm. um, and then kept their animals alive. <clears throat> that, that was, that's pretty cool, you know. Um, uh, I have condensation issues with my incubator sometimes where the the inside of the containers condensate because my temperature in the room fluctuates a bit. And so what that does is it creates, you know, pressure change. And then the containers basically just sweat Um, to control that. What I've had to do is put a bunch of, you know, thick, that, that purple um, insulation that they sell at, at uh, at home Depot. Right. I've just made, I just encased my incubator around it to try to conserve the temperature rather than having, you know, cold air hit it so much. But I, I was thinking about grow, having a little tiny grow tent, the smallest one available, and shoving my incubator in there. That could be cool. During the wintertime to to do that. So, I mean, I guess it's not a total loss of an idea. But, but as a straight cage, it just seems crazy. Yeah, no. I saw it in and a boa group. for a big monitor. I saw it in a boa group, and I'm like, I'm not putting a boa in a grow tent. Someone yeah. joked about it. Like, that grow tent would move across the room. That boa would just end up rolling that thing across the room <laughs> as it moves. <clears throat> I just... <laughs> And then uh, Dale Heitman says in the chat that there's vents on the floor level of the things that the lizards can get out of. Yeah, like the, you can shove your arm in it, and then you have to kind of tape those off. It's uh, <laughs> by the time my, you, by the time animals, you rig it up to do what you need it to really do, you should just yeah. bought a cage or built a cage right. or something. And the cage is just much more sturdier. You can do much more and attach more stuff. Uh, it'll hold soil without bowing, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. That's one thing I think people just don't realize with lizards too. It's just the amount. So we talked about it earlier. Um, your your normal four by two by eighteen foot PVC snake cage isn't going to work because you can't do a soil level that's good enough for really any monitor lizard you plan on keeping. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a tough one. You know, you have to you'd have to jig like a little nest bin in there, shove a nest bin in there, so they actually at least have the option to do that. Um, I have some very short cages that are only like about 18 inches tall 24 inches tall max and that's what i have to do for for one of them it's it's a male's vacation cage whenever he's uh done breeding and the female i feel like needs a break that's where he goes um and instead of having a fully decked out cage i just have a little a little soil option for him to do his thing you know i've seen some i like they take uh the pvc cage and then they put it on top of a big plastic tub. And then they just cut a hole in the bottom of the PVC cage, a hole in the tub. And the tub is where all the dirt is. And so they can go down and they can dig in that. And it's basically two, they're just attached. And that way you, you can take your normal cage and still use it because there's a whole other level below it that actually holds the dirt. And so I figured that would work too if I, if I decided to. I could build a stand. And that stand technically holds dirt and then build the cage on top of the stand. And then I don't have to have the two yeah. different things. You know, I've seen I've seen crazy ideas. I've seen a uh, picture of this, just your normal cage, and then the guy he's because you know obviously the lizard needed the option. All he did was just have um, a hole drilled in his cage, shoved a little drainage tube in, 
you know, seal that up. And then now it just leads into a bin that the animal can do whatever it needs to do. And he shoved a heat pad on it and it became a nest bin. And it's an exterior soil option. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's not in the cage, but it's a connection and part of the cage. Um, and, it, and it gave the animal the option to do what it needed to do. Um, but if you were to have it in that, you know, snake size enclosure that didn't allow the soil, then you'd be stricking the animal of the necessities that it needed to do. Yeah. Especially if it was a female that needed to lay. So do you keep any of your stuff outside? Cause you've got the weather there, right? That you can do it. I have a space. I have very, imagine. very, very finicky weather. Not, not that it's bad, but it gets hot here and it gets hot for several months. So probably already like into June, I'm at a good hundred degrees, 90 something degrees. And it's, uh, for me, um, yeah, it's not not the best and not ideal for for what I want to do. Um, don't get me wrong, my monitors will probably love it outside, <laughs> but I don't have I don't I don't have control. Yeah, of of everything that goes on, um, temperature wise, nest bin temperature. I can't really hook up my, you know my electricity stuff out there to control that. So it'd be it'd be at the mercy of if it was a cold week and she needed to lay, that'd be. I'd be setting myself up for failure during that part. Um, I I do a lot of, I mean, you know, my since I have so many females, there's always a busy month or a very stressful, like where I'm, you know, mother goosing everybody and stuff like that. And, you know, trying to make sure that they're laying and, you know, it's one week this, the next week this female, and then another one, you know, this female. And so, um it's always revolving stress levels up and down, up and down, up and down of, of pulling eggs and making sure that female goes through the whole process correctly. And so it's, uh, it's better for me to have them indoors. So do they, are they a once a year breeder for you or are they breeding every so often or so many months? Um, I've only really, really been breeding monitors for about two to three years. I've been keeping them for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, I had my first partho one, but that's not actually really breeding, right? It's just getting them to lay the egg. And so I only did half the work, essentially just hatched it. <laughs> and then I, you know, and then I started breeding them more, um, got more animals. My Kimberly's became mature. And then I started, you know, everything just started to flow. Um, but uh, they will lay every 30 days oh, wow. if, I, if I let them. Holy that, that's got to be murder on their body over, yeah. say, a year or two. Like, yeah, they'll lay every 30 to 40 days, 60 days for some females. And then, you know, just just from what the room goes through, there's so much going on. And um, females will get triggered by this pair doing this. She'll lay her own clutch, you know. Um, yeah, so this, there's just a lot going on. and Like <laughs> human women. <laughs> they all think together <laughs> yeah so it's so crazy so at any given time how many eggs do you say that you have in my bader yeah. yeah um at at a at a real heavy time last year was probably about 35 eggs that's a lot of lizard i'm just um, like I just, I just can't picture. Yeah. I, I can picture that with corn snakes. You know, they're small, and you can put them in little tiny tubs when they hatch and whatever, and put them off in a rack. But I'm just yeah. thinking when you have 30 baby lizards that you're gonna have to take care of, it's and, a lot to feed. And then, yeah. like, how so, long are you keeping them before you sell them? 
Uh, man. I mean, I try you to, could just I keep try to the do, whole clutch. I try like to do a people. whole bonding thing, right? Yeah. And so, because I, I'm super particular. You may never meet somebody with, like... Uh, with I know, I'm pretty sure own, I live with one that is just like, as particular. Like, I, I just... Where they where they go, you know, um, people have to build a rapport with me first before I sell them the animal. You know, I have to kind of get a feel of what you are as a person, you know, and then you have to show me your enclosure before I even sell you the animal. Just because of what awesome. I'm selling, like I really love, you know, um, but at the same time, I only they hatch out in spurts. So luckily, I'm not hatching out thirty. It's <laughs> uh, eight here, five there, three here. And that's that's typically how 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 um, the averages are in my clutches, you know, maybe like three to eight eggs typically. But the females can just go and go and go. I typically I typically don't let them. I probably let them do about two to three, and then I'll cut them off. So maybe after three months of breeding, I'll really lighten up her feeding. Try not to get her to trigger so much. I'll feed her bugs rather than fatty eggs and chick parts and pinkies and stuff like that and um keep her keeper from cycling so much gotcha. that's that's what gets them going so much when you get them so much uh protein and fat bombs rather than leaner foods so talking about food uh i want to go into our question that, that i talked to you about that we posted on our facebook group this week uh, you came up with how uh, self-sufficient is your collection based around like feeding and taking care. Like for most people, I'll say most, a lot of our people are, are state people that comment on here. And so they're breeding their own rodents if they're self-sufficient, which is something I could never do. Uh, yeah. I do want to get to a little bit of some of the stuff you breed yourself for your stuff. Cause it's to me, it's crazy as well. But uh, some of the answers we had was uh, Chris Sexton says he does okay in the peak of a small hatchling season, but it's borderline most of the year. Uh, Cause it's easier to get, small food than it is to have to raise up rodents um isaac kyle said i'd love to, i'd love it if the feeders were self-sustaining but alas my feeders can't breed fast enough for the demand which i think is a lot of people's problem when it comes to trying to do that i just i couldn't do rodents i y'all have just a few rodents in your garage and i like I, that's too many i couldn't do any yeah I'd, I'd like to just not have them too but he's tried to talk our child into doing it like he was like you could do it this way and you could do it this way and you could to raise sell. Mice for my he was like i'll pay you for them and da -da 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 -da. and she was like mm, i'm good and she totally wasn't buying that at all yeah you know and it can it can go to like um even sort of out of the box stuff like you can go to some field rake some leaves bag them up a little bit um and and sell leaves yeah because mm -hmm. people people buy that. leaves man i've done that um you know yeah, just she did uh, that for a while i, I have yeah. i have a, a friend who just bought a new piece of property and it's five acres and he went out there and it's got like four magnolia trees on it nice and he went out and filled up like four contractor bags of magnolia uh, magnolia leaves took them home cleaned them all up broke them down into the you know the retail bags and <laughs> made like fifteen hundred yeah. bucks on fucking leaves. Yeah, I, I think I think we we get it because we're kind of from an uh, an era where, you know, things weren't so automated back then. We had to kind of just really work with what we got, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, learning how to be self sufficient and utilizing just what's around you is like, like our our manual. You know, like mm -hmm. it's like we just used whatever. Then it could have been a bucket or a bin or. 
or I was using like a hat for a snake hide one time, you know, um, <laughs> just what are toilet paper tubes, right? We, we've, we've learned how to recycle toilet paper freaking tubes. That's my, that's my king snakes, my Mexican black king snake. That's her hide. Yeah. And she loves yeah. it. It's the simplest thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything. You're recycling something and it works. It yeah. might, you know, not look so appealing like some $20 hide or whatever, but a $20 hide couldn't do the same thing as the tube did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like if her monitors, I just, it's for, if there's more stuff now. Reptile wise, it's definitely made for reptiles. When you talk about monitors, a lot of monitor keepers had to be, all right, let's make it. We'll just make it ourselves because there yep. isn't something really made for that situation. I'm going to home Depot every day. You know, I take the wife, take the wife with me every Sunday. Cause it's like our, our little couples thing where we're just going and, <laughs> And I, you know, it's my slowest day before I have to really grind on, on the typical, you know, beginning of the week. And we just hit there in the morning, grab what I need to grab, you know, so that way I can do it throughout the week, um, and just tackle, tackle things, build things, little, little props, uh, the drainage tubes. I buy drainage tubes for my monitors because I don't feel like buying a forty dollar cork tube, you know. <laughs> but I, I, you can always tell reptile people because I'll walk into like. The container store or Lowe's mm-hmm. or something I'm like, yeah, I could do this. I could do that. And I get, n- I'm so looking at things that I want to use for reptiles and in our, no way we're made for reptiles at yeah. all. But there's always like, I could use it for that. It would work for this yeah, the, all the time. The, con- the container store is my favorite place. <laughs> yeah. They know who I am there now. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, well, I don't, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even need the lid. At the target by my shop. <laughs> <laughs> when I walk in, the lady that works in that department, she sees me and she just starts grabbing lids off and throwing them in a basket because she knows I'm buying all the 28 quarts and all the six quarts on the shelf and I'm not and taking any of the lids. Yeah. <laughs> That's road like, oh man. Because I've, I've, I've purchased 300 six quarts at one store one time. Didn't take any of the lids. Well, I Two went, baskets full. I went and bought a whole bunch for you one time because I was coming to the show late. Yep. And you were like, this Target hasn't been stuck. I need you to stop. And I was like, okay. So I put it in the GPS and made it my pit stop on the yep. way. And James was like, don't get the lids. I'm like, I can't fucking leave the lids on the shelf. And he's totally like, can. yes, you can. All the time. Do not buy them. Yeah. And I was like, can we just, he's like, don't do it. Just leave it. Make it their problem. Because Home I Depot, was- one time I did a, a, a curbside, not a curbside, but a in-store pickup. Um, and they made me take the lids. And I just walked out and set them on top of their trash can right outside the door. <laughs> they wouldn't even fit. I'm like, here you go. You should yes. have kept them in the store. That's so crazy. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Uh, so I want to get into some of your feeders because uh, we had we had some folks on earlier in the year that did the black soldier fly larva, mm-hmm. um, and that was very interesting. Uh, but you you do something that is definitely different than what most people are feeding their lizards, whether it be a bearded dragon or a water monitor, whatever it is. But you breed grasshoppers. Yeah, I breed uh, several species of grasshoppers. How um, big are they? They're good size. Uh, yeah, they're about the size of your palm. If you want to hold out your palm, <gasps> shut up. Yeah. And they're pretty. Like they're, they're that's pretty. cool. They're, they're gorgeous. How so long do they live? Um, <laughs> if you were to care for it well enough and everything like that, easily ten months. That's yeah. cool. And they do the whole like uh, you know how um, praying mantis uh, elegantly falls out from its exoskeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does the same thing. That's so cool. Yeah, 
One of my uh, colors are like I have a, a variety of colors from like bright, bright, bright yellows to like a Deadpool color. Um, oh, that's cool. I have like a really neon green, like alien looking one. Well, I've seen one where I guess it's the same species, just two different colors, but I've seen where it's like a dark green and a bright green in the same cage together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a camo green and a really bright green. Yeah. I, I may yeah. be horribly mistaken here, but when we went to the museum of natural history, the Smithsonian, yeah, it was probably seven summers Forever, ago. Yeah. Wasn't that a grasshopper that I took, like that they put on my finger and let me hold? Do you really it? think I remember that? It was like one of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken of myself. So now I have to go. Was it back. green? It had like yeah. yellows and stuff on it too, though. Yeah, we even had this black I think it was species. a Katie did. I think it was a grasshopper. Probably a big lovers or something like yeah. that. That's what it was. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're typically used in science and they're easily collected. I right? mean, it, it was easily. In Louisiana, we have this giant black, the huge black one. Oh, I have some of those now that are already. Yeah, they're, we have a. We have a. The adults are all dead, but the nymphs have just started to hatch, and they're probably about like a good, almost an inch. And they're not even. They're black with a red stripe yeah. now, but they morph into this gorgeous jet black bug. I love it. So we have this thing at camp in North Alabama on the mountain that we call a camel cricket. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they got the. Those big, are fucking the big terrifying. Round head, big round head. Yeah. Yeah. They will come. Still- you because like we started stop that you don't beat that person listen no listen because we did research they do it with the water moccasins they come (laughs) at the noise no listen go ahead go at it we did i did research because when they told me that the counselors were like they will come and chase you i'm like they don't chase you guys i'm like let's do some research so i pulled it up they actually gravitate to the noise to attack and startle it. Not- so when you're making noise, they're trying to scare you away. I have a hard time believing that. Yes. It doesn't seem I'm like gonna find they, the article. they learn how to do it from the Black Panthers. Black, I'm gonna, the Black Panthers shut up. The, I'm going to find the article. And the cottonmouth water rattlers. I'm going to find it. This is real. I just, I'm thinking ecologically and evolutionary, it doesn't make sense for this small thing to chase a giant. It, first of all, it's not small it's at all. It's smaller than you. It's not <laughs> you size. When you are naked in a shower, a it is the size <laughs> of yeah, a we pit made bull. That. We made that and we <laughs> made it stupid. Oh. And I remember digging digging random holes in my yard and then all of a sudden there's this like little encasing and there's this giant whatever that is. Yes. Just, just falls out of the hole. And it's all... You know, it, it it's it's not really agile, so it's just laying there flopping around. <laughs> My dad said it only happens when you step on a water moccasin nest. <laughs> Thanks. He knew a kid in school who was Thanks. water skiing and fell into a ball. Fell in a whole moc- nest of water moccasins oh and he died. <laughs> oh, his that one fucking movie with the horse that ruined it for everybody yep. else. Oh, uh, anyways, what talk about lonesome dove? Everybody thinks now that you find water rocks mm-hmm. in a giant nest. So what? Are, okay, I've got to ask. Smell compared to crickets, because everybody's used to crickets, and they are probably the worst smelling insect feeder on earth. Where do grasshoppers compare to that? Almost no smell. Okay, so the it, it depends on the species. Okay, some have a very very distinct smell, and the lubbers have they almost they look smelly. Like, well, when you when you pick them up. <laughs> They kind of emit this odor, like if it was musk or something like that. They look like they look like when you see that one guy walking towards you down the road, and you're like, "This guy's gonna smell fucking horrible." That's what lovers look like. 
So when you have a ton of those, it really smells, right? Um, so I, we don't, we actually don't have a lot of those at all. When we keep breeders, we keep like six. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then, um, uh, but all the other species though, even growing them in mass quantities, there's almost no smell at all. Um, I use a lot of greens and they devour it typically before it wilts. But if let's say if they didn't, the lamp hit the wilted stuff all day, you'd get that smell a little bit, but it's not, it's not like what you think at all. Like, like really, really bad cricket smell or, or a really nasty roach bin or something. Not at all. Hmm. It's just so weird. Nutrition yeah, wise, so we're, we're, I mean, I'm assuming they're far more nutritious than a cricket. Yeah. You, you, um, so just to compare, obviously the, you know, they're just so much bigger, but even comparable in within the same size. So let's say, three-fourths to almost an inch in size, right? Um, the grasshopper has more meat and just protein overall um, in, its, in, in its whole body, right? Uh, and it's kind of soft to the touch, so it doesn't have a hard exoskeleton really at all. Um, and then even the head, if you were to compare the head of a cricket or even a dubia roach, that head is a little solid ball, like right? It's a, it's, it's a hard thing. Um, the grasshopper, if you were to pinch its head, it's just all juice and meat. <laughs> so you get a lot more coming from the grasshopper. That's so gross. Um, then uh, <laughs> there's, uh, they're supposed to be good for vitamin A, um, which uh, for many lizards. I mean, I've, I've, eaten a gra- I've eaten a cricket before. It was in a cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ate it at a book, actually, fe- at a book I've festival. I've actually eaten these grasshoppers. Um, just uh, like I've fried them up, you know. Yeah, put them in some tacos. They were so actually this pretty is, good. This is legit. Like, it sounds <laughs> like he's joking, but no. this is legit. Well, if you go to parts of yeah. Asia, that's street food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, on a, and, you uh, ride on a skewer and just eat it walking down the street. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I froze them overnight, right? Um, and then I took them out, rinsed them, cleaned them off in, like, some lemon water, dried them off, fried them, and then they basically became a little shrimp where... Like, just for the hell of it is why you did this. No, I, I saw because people were like, hey, have you eaten any of them? You know, it's like a delicacy where I come from. So I tried it and I tried to make some and I followed some recipes on YouTube. I didn't even, you know, I didn't ask anybody specific. I just looked up. All right. Are these people? How are they doing it? You know, and it's like Discovery Channel following some like, you know, old, old lady. Yeah, she's she's like a. Somebody's well, grandma lemon. has made like this is the family yeah. recipe here. <laughs> yeah, she's Family. she's rinsing them in vinegar. But when I fried them right, they separated from the exoskeleton and the meat just just it just tasted like or the texture was like shrimp. If you were to well, they say it. if you're allergic to shrimp that you shouldn't eat them. It has to do with the shell, the chitin in the shell. Yeah, yeah. All right, so real quick, back to camel crickets. All right, so you're you're. you're uh, I found camel. the article. I found the article. You found one article. That's not recent. No, 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 no. It's in multiple articles, but uh, lady and, dies from camel crickets. And just so, just so Dale knows, he may say smaller than a size thirteen boot, but I wear a women's size twelve, and I guarantee and it was still you, still smaller than that. It was bigger than my foot Shut that up. night don't, in the shower. Don't be that person. You're the same it person was. that saw that black panther across the room. Look, you're the one who kills spiders when you're naked. So well, yeah. If, I'm allowed to freak out at this cricket, so there you go. Well, the spider thing is, the less clothes I have, the less likely they are to survive. Well, I thought this thing fully, was coming to I'm kill me clothed, in the shower. They got some fright. One of the fully clothed. <laughs> you know, if fully clothed, I'll take it outside. But if naked, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. All right, so, so uh, camel crickets are often 
confused with spiders because of the way that they move. First of all, confused them, but okay. Um, and they will leap at people in a self-defense mechanism that helps crickets to scare off predators. I'm calling bullshit. I don't know. I'm I can see bullshit. that. I think I, that what the bug does, it does this thing. It like it. It's it, the way it, that it, it moves. It, yeah, it and does it. This. Right. I just can't imagine. It's not yeah. like you don't walk into a kitchen and it comes running at you from across the room. No, if you like some startle it and it thinks you're a predator, it's gonna go at you. Just picture some bad horror movie. He comes scurrying across the floor mm-hmm. at you. Uh, and oh, now I'm so down the camel cricket hole and I'm clicking on all the Darren other Watson arrows. asked, did you feed them before you ate them? The grasshoppers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I, did I you gut load your, your grasshoppers? They were already, they, I, they, they demand to eat so well that I'm practically just gut loading them every day. It's not like I'm, I can't use a, a cheat food or a filler. It just, just doesn't work. They just... Yeah, they only want because I mean, if you picture like the stories you hear about like locusts, they're just demolishing a plant or you know a tree or a bush in one day, right? Uh, picture the food that I give them in in handfuls; it's basically gone, you know. Yeah, so they're they they demand to eat so well prior prior to me eating them. <laughs> yeah, <That's> hilarious. <laughs> So do you, because obviously you have your own podcast, which is a great podcast because I've listened to it, um, And as James said earlier, but do you have any podcasts that are lizard or monitor related that you listen to other than your own? Or is that why you created your podcast? Um, you know what? I, I haven't had a lot of time to listen to too many podcasts. I feel your pain on that. Like, See, James? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like, the only one. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, like even uh, even the ones that I record and they're ours, um, I just listen to them kind of lo- loosely, you know, scan through, make sure like we're not like you know messing up too much, or I I didn't sound too horrible, or you know, if I was explaining something, I didn't come off as a jerk. But I don't like like uh, I don't know, just sit there and listen to a bunch of podcasts all the time. Um, yeah, so it's a uh, it's a tough one. I, I want to listen to that uh, <clears throat> lizard brain one. Lizard brain, right? yeah. That's um, Bill Bradley brain. does Bill that Bradley. one. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and there's uh, he says I don't I, listen to a lot of podcasts as he's part of a whole network of podcasts. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I just I'm just the little pond. <laughs> <laughs> My problem when I like reference your podcast. I mean, like, yeah, it's Kai's podcast, and I, like I know that there's a co-host, but it's the same yeah. way I do with like the Reptile Fight Club. I'm like, yeah, it's Justin's hot podcast, and I could never yes. remember anybody else's co-host. And, and I feel you know horrible. what's crazy? It's my my uh, my boo thing, Alan. Right, that's my co-host. Right? Yeah. Um, he's he came to me with everything. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm I was I'm doing my part as well, but they they came to me with uh, open arms with with uh, trying to do something different with the podcast. Um, and then we just started to, to brainstorm on how we're, how we'd like to approach with it, how we'd like to teach with it um, and be a little bit different from some of the other podcasts. I think, I think every podcast, you know, has a little niche that they're awesome man or something like that. And they just sets them out, sets them apart from everybody else. You know, I was listening to uh, NPR and I'd heard them when they were on the, uh, Oh, uh, what's the other one? The reptile Reptile. entrepreneur podcast. They were on there and they were talking about um, 
so many people come into this making a podcast and then within like seven episodes they just kind of disappear mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. it's like littered like if you go search reptile podcasts like apple podcast is littered with podcasts with like seven episodes and then nothing uh yeah. so it, it's i think we just hit like 26 we just we just recorded our 26th one and you know i'm not gonna lie um we, we did put in a lot of work with those with those 25 right that we recorded last year um but, but um this this holidays we we actually gave ourselves a little break and you know we had family time and and also a lot of our animals are doing a ton this year it's just so much going on that we didn't even have time to record so we're trying to get back onto the ball at that a little bit having um having more topics and things like that just just, just different stuff well i was listening to yours and one of the interesting things you were talking about with the grasshoppers was legality stuff i had never thought about the legalities of being able to yeah. get a grasshopper but like in some right. states because they're so like we talked about they're so ferocious that eating people are horrified of them and yeah. so in agriculture agricultural states right. they're horrified of grasshoppers yeah so to clarify to, to, to people they're there's they're still not legal like that right i have to go through a permit to legally do what i'm doing now um, and they're pretty strict about a lot of stuff on how I ship them, where I ship them, what species I have, stuff like that. My my containers, my equipment, everything has to be locked, escape proof. So I had to change up a lot of stuff, um, you know. And and then also the just the demand alone for them, it's like it's crazy. Chameleon chameleon people love the grasshoppers, like. Um, and a lot of animals or imports that are trouble eaters, right, are just so shy. They don't feel like they're adapting well. The grasshoppers just click for everything. Um, so it's been a, not just like, I wouldn't say a hype, right, because they're still kind of new. So it sort of is a hype, right? But they're also, they carry their weight in, in the hype as well. They, they serve their purpose. A lot of, a lot of animals are... Um, turning around people are having a lot more success with with some of the grasshoppers and even myself I find that I was feeding my Kimberly rocks before I was doing grasshoppers I was using mice a lot more and they would make my smaller animals fatter faster um, but the grasshoppers are a pretty good source of protein but they also make the animals go berserk and exercise and chase after them right um, and they're less fat, for sure. Well, and I was going to ask you, you know, what would you say are the top three errors that people have getting when they get into monitors for the first time? And I would assume one of them would have been everyone feeds them freaking rodents all the time. Like, that's one issue for me. Yeah, both. Um, man, um, people, I would say people have their own thing, right? So you can't really blame them. They want a pet, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes, and sometimes that totally... Uh, yeah, I guess not to like attack anybody at all, but some people can do more harm trying to, you know, lovey dove an animal rather than realizing what it really needs. You, you see know? that with dogs and cats too. I mean, right. you see fat ass so, dogs and cats because people love them too much. Right. Um, and so, you know, you can, you, you can possibly be doing harm by, you know, essentially feeding them so much like that, where it's just like a strict, just throw a rat in there and, have them devour it right and it's the coal 
cool process. So I can also see where a beginner getting into monitors would be enticed by that as well because uh, I love it. You know, uh, it's it's awesome. I get to tong feed my guys and they chase it vigorously like a dinosaur and they hunt stuff and it's it's awesome, right? Um, but you know. When you really, really get into keeping them and everything like that, I'd say it's just uh, just the understanding of what they really need rather than, you know, how you just want to have them as a pet. That's really um, cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'd say the soil, not having enough soil, and especially for females that are, you know, mature enough. Um, it basically, if they don't have the option to lay – a lot of times they just don't scatter. Sometimes they'll hold the eggs and end up egg bound and, and then they die their first year or two. Um, we see that happen a lot where um, there's basically not a lot of adult monitors out there, you know, compared to what's being brought in, you know, yeah. um, they don't make it past their year or two. And um, man, I think uh, some people put too much pressure on them being tame. Um you know, rather than being a lizard, um, they then they set themselves up for failure. So it's 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 a plus for the lizard and a plus for you too to kind of not try to micromanage so much maybe or or worry about them being tamed. Just kind of get used to the animal doing its own thing, and then you trying to play off that manipulate manipulating really what they grasping what they like, manipulating the cage, and then having it work for you. Um, I think the approach with monitors is a is a tough one for some people, you know. And so getting them to be tamed, it's not always about like grabbing them and forcing them to be handled because they kind of hate that already, yeah. right? It's like really building a relationship with them. And um, the enclosure can really help you out in the process of it if your approach is good, you know. Um, like for a simple example... I use like uh, those those drainage tubes, right? And I string them up in the from the ceiling of the enclosure, and I kind of have them hanging down. And um, it's just the elevated tube now, right? And that resembles a hollow log somewhere high up in the trees. And that's where a lot of small monitors or most monitors are going to stay at. They they kind of tuck away in, in places like that, and those little small pockets are what they like and so i apply those in the enclosure keep the rest of the enclosure kind of bare not not so bare that they don't have anything to do but it's more open rather than clutter right i'm not just throwing a bunch of logs in there and making it where the the animal can just disappear and i can can't really figure out what's going on with it things like that i can't easily um jig the tongs and get it to chase you know stuff like that um, and when I set it up a little bit more bare and then have just the tube where it can hide out of it, it can see me cause it's hiding in the tube. The entrance is facing me. I can see it. Um, and so I'm not really worried about where it's at and things like that. And having to rip up the whole, the whole enclosure, right? When you do that and you start messing with it, it's burrow and it's kind of settled in. You kind of disturb its peace already. So then you set yourself back on the whole bonding thing. You just picture you someone just you're asleep and someone's just ripping your home up, you know, kind of yeah. the same idea, right? Um, so you then set yourself a couple steps back on the whole bonding process. You kind of want to be less invasive and less disruptive and more 
uh, here, I have food. You're going to need food. So, you know, you're going to kind of tongue feed it or offer food. And maybe that's not even your first step. Your first step is just to leave food at the entrance of the burrow and it'll do its thing. You can kind of watch it eat. It's actually not eating from you, but it has food available. The whole process of it eating satisfies you because it, it ate, right? Um, and then you can work with it like that. Those are the little small threads, I guess, a part of a whole big rope that you're going to build as far as trust. I'm yeah. definitely guilty of when I had monitors being like, I'm going to grab you and you're going to calm down and you're going to become friendly. Uh, you do that to the dogs, too. No, the dogs enjoy it. That's like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I definitely know better now. Like, I wish I would have taken the time to, again, try and tongue feed them, try and get them used to me, try and get them to walk out and maybe walk up to like, I definitely did not do that with any monitor I've ever owned. It was like, oh, you're yeah. you're angry and aggressive. I will grab you and just be, you know, I'll hold you until submission. He holds the dog and he's like, you will love me. We have a we have a 40 pound pit bull and he's like, you will love me. And she just lays there and wags her tail. And I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's different than a, a little different than a monitor. Yeah, <laughs> she she will tolerate it. The monitor would not. No, the monitors did not did not like. But are we have a Euromastix, and he's kind of the same way. Like if you go to get him, and he you doesn't know, he want anything to do with you, he he's like, "F you, I will." Which which is funny. Cause I don't like, even try to hold him anymore. I just feed him. Oh really? Because he lets me like pet his back. Like I haven't been able to pick him up yet, but he'll let me like pet his back and stuff like that. Yeah, but he puffs up. No, he doesn't do that with no. me. That's like you. He don't like me. Mm. Oh well, mm. fuck him. That's how a lot of people feel. It's okay. So uh, I know that you don't have time for podcasts or anything, but do you, are there like any books that you recommend if people are, what are books? I read books, James. Some Man, people I, books, I, I actually don't know how to read. Some. I'm just <laughs> I was like, I'm literally going to go to sleep as soon as we're done with this. Don't do that to me. Um, I have a, uh, okay. So monitor books. All right, so there's some old school ones, I guess, because there's not a lot of new stuff, honestly, other than like, like picture books, you know. Um, but uh, there is a Veranoid Lizard of the World, and um, that's uh, I believe by Pianca, and um, there is the Savannah. Um, oh, it's called Nile Monitor, and then there's also a Savannah one, and they're kind of very similar. Just the paperback books, right? One's by Rob Faust, and then I know, I know um, Rob Faust. Yeah, Rob Faust has the Nile, the Nile Monitor one, right? And then, uh, and then um, the Savannah one would be by oh my god, I'm forgetting his name, and I can't because he's a legend, um, and he's dead. Uh, like Mark said. Mark Bayless. <laughs> he's a legend, yeah. and he's dead. Yeah. Mark Bay, because I can't forget his name, because he he's from where like I used to live, and so, um, but yeah, Mark Bayless had the Savannah Monitor one, and not that they're, you know, like something crazy to read or anything like that, but what they cover is very important as far as what you would want to understand in some of these monitor books, you know, um, basic general care I've, things like that. It I've kind got, of are from awesome. good keepers minds. You I've know? got one monitor book. I realize I have it on my shelf. It's Monitor Lizards that's Natural History, one? Biology, and Husbandry by Daniel yeah, Bennett. Yeah, that's a that's an another one. Um, it's really really good. Daniel Bennett also he passed away, I believe, last year. 
Um, and he did the Savannah Monitor stuff uh, really extensively as well. Um, hmm. And like he went to Africa and, you know, they had dead ones. They opened them up so we can see stomach content and fat storage. The Savannah Monitor in the wild in comparison to what we have in captivity they're a lot they're a lot more lean i would imagine and they, yeah and they eat obviously a different diet we can't really get a readily available snail millipede large um i guess i would say invertebrate diet here you know we have large roaches you know the grasshoppers are just becoming a thing but there's only so many people that are that are savannah keepers that are buying grasshoppers you know so so. many fat savannah monitors yeah there's a lot of fatties out there you know and so um uh yeah it's it the whole teaching people about husbandry on monitors you know it's not that it's new or anything it's just advanced to more and more more people are doing it we're getting more successes there's animals that haven't been bred that are now being a little bit more readily bred just because of some of the stuff that we're practicing more now, um, you know, because a lot of stuff was just again like dying before. <clears throat> yeah, it's monitors. I've I, it's definitely changed because I've always remembered early on it was uh, one you keep them super hot and you feed them rodents. That was everybody kept them like oven hot and just like a heavy rodent in like red meat diet. And as, yeah, and now it's like oh no, you can feed insects and. Need to feed right. them. Don't feed Shrimp them. Yeah, I, 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 those crawfish that I buy, I don't even buy them for myself, and I pay a, I pay full price for them, right? And <laughs> they go right to the monitors. I don't even eat. I don't eat a single one. I'm sad. That makes me sad for you, Travis. Yeah. Travis Wyman is going to be listening to this, and he's like, "Damn it, Katie, I can't have those." He he's allergic. Yeah, he can't. So tough. every time I post anything about crawfish on Facebook, he's like sad face. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Travis. I'm like, sorry, friend. But oh, so there was one thing I wanted to slightly bring up that was in kind of the reptile hobby news over the past couple weeks, uh, and it's fairly monitor related because it is Kevin McCurley related. Um, and I tried to I tried to follow it, but man, it was it was convoluted. He got in trouble for what's I got in trouble. He, people oh, got mad medical practices. Yeah, got mad at him for doing some sort of small minor surgery on a boa, and he's not like, a vet. Wait, I was going to say like he did it himself. Yeah, it was a minor thing. I forget what it was. And, all right, so they have this series where they're showing you what they do to treat wounds. You know, stuff that they spray on wounds. Uh, more so of do it yourself at home before you go to the vet, or stuff that you can do at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, not okay on Facebook and on the internet, you know, they, in groups, they'll, they'll say, if you're not a vet, you shouldn't be giving medical advice, right? They, they, they'll, you'll see people, whoever, if you want to call them a Karen, or if they're just looking out or whatever, <laughs> you see them saying this left and right. Right. Um, but if someone's animal is dying, I mean, obviously you're going to try to want to help if, you know, regardless of whether you have this or not. And you have to, if you have the skill practice at home, because, you know, like, like, uh, like before there were doctors, people were still getting babies, you know, still having babies. Right. So it's not that all of a sudden it's because there's doctors, we have babies now. Right. So there's, we've been always doing this stuff at home. We've been doing this stuff on the farm or wherever. Right. And so you then get to learn and do this stuff at yourself at home like in giving yourself 
the animal's injections by yourself or, you know, the medication or how to treat this and that rather than taking it into the vet every single time to do it. You know, we had um, to, we had to give a snake injections after a surgery and I had to hold her for James so that he, cause she was larger so he could do the injections. And every single time I was fascinated because he was just like, doop, doop, doop. Here we go. Like I give myself a weekly doctor. injection <laughs> for diabetes and I'm like freaking out every time I have to do that to Sub, myself and you sub, can't even see the needle. Yeah. Like subcutaneous so the, is pretty easy and, and, and intermuscular. Is but like easy. you could see, like you could see the needle, you could see like, it, I don't, the whole thing, like every single time you did it, I was just in complete awe. Like you did, you were not freaking out. You were not like, I was internally freaking yeah. out and, and it I was think just nerds, so cool. Nerds thing is just trying to, cause awareness right and also to kind of do it yourself at home because possibly can um on a lot of things yeah um, and stuff is available for you to buy right for you to do at home and so okay. not that like you know I, I don't recommend a vet at all or whatever but there are just some things that you can do at home and it's going to save you a ton of money yeah. robert, robert and i were talking about it one Kevin McCurley has probably seen more sick snakes than most vets mm -hmm. have. Like most vets are not reptile people. And then Robert and I also, you see people get all up in arms about them doing this minor thing on a snake. There's one hobby where those people would not be allowed to go and bitch about people doing stuff. And that's when it comes to like livestock. Livestock people do tons of shit, shit on. Right. On, <laughs> and, no one, and no one looks at it any other way. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. If you were to go behind the scenes at like dog breeding facilities, man, oh, it's yeah. a nightmare. A little have bit. You, if you want to, if you're told to fix, I mean, and vets will tell them if you have a goat and you need to fix the goat, it's not a surgery. It's a rubber band that you put on his nuts, and then you're like, go oh, run man. out in the yard. That was that was twice a year we do that with our 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 bull calves. I was yeah. gonna say that's not just yeah. goats. Yeah. though. that's until, like it's just go run till the nuts you know fall how, off. Do you, do you know yeah. how we freaking pulled baby calves that were breech? With a, you you tie the mom up over here and you use this device that goes against her back hips and it's a come along, oh hooks around the baby's legs and you just drag it out. It's either that or they're both gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, like if, if you were to show that kind of stuff to these people that are pissed off about Kevin, they would be so pissed. So you go <laughs> on those comments, especially on Facebook, and you look and it's a bunch of brand new keepers, people who've yeah. been doing this a year or less. Who are experts? Yeah, you know we were just discussing one a few minutes ago. You and I and our friend John Grant. Oh yeah, you know. They, you know it's funny. They though, just got their first snake two months ago, and now they have their logo. Now they have their own group and <laughs> logo, and you know. Oh God! Their snake comment. takes a shit. They post it in twenty different Facebook groups. Because everybody, look, my shake snake shed, and then they're the only person who likes their own photo, and it's oh, like fucking God. calm down. Oh my star! I know you're happy, and I know you're excited, but. People are already starting to go, oh, fuck her again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, though, because people are the same way. Um, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times my brother, would, the youngest, would do something stupid. And my mom's like, do we need stitches? And he's like, nope, I'll just glue it. And, like, he'd yeah. super glue himself back together. And Or I have a coworker who was in a an accident this weekend where the motorcycle that she was on laid it laid down. And... She's all kinds of, of course, it looks way worse now that it's four days after the fact, but 
she was like, you know, I'm using this script. She's like, what, what do you recommend that I put on this? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if it was me, this is what I would try. And you know, neither one of us are, I mean, we're third grade teachers. That's about as medical as we get. So I, so I I watched several of the videos on this thing with Kevin McCurley and, and one person spoke, well, there's one YouTuber from Europe who, uh, snakes and research or whatever, uh, reptiles and research who is up in arms about it. Um, but fuck him. And then he also had a vet on, but then I watched a video that talked about this vet and this vet is in Canada and he's like historically known for going in when they go and raid someone's house and taking all the snakes. There was one situation where a guy had some snakes illegally, had a whole bunch of snakes legally. They allowed to come to keep those. They put the snakes down at the house. The ones illegal, they, they killed them at the house Yep, and then left with them. Like didn't try, didn't try to find them homes or that shit doesn't fly with its dogs. If he's got dogs there, they're not going, oh, guys, let's uh, go ahead and kill these dogs, and then we'll drag them out of this house. But that vet did that, and there's been other cases where he's gone, and he's tried to get reptiles away from people in Canada, and people have fought it and won. Um, and so that's this one vet going, they shouldn't be do, the, do this. They didn't use any pain management, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Man. Yeah. It's nuts, man. Nuts. You know, look, Kevin does a lot of stuff that I'm like, ah, fuck that. That's crazy. And, and there's a lot of videos where I'm like, it's clickbaity. But if he's doing minor procedures on reptiles, he's been doing that shit long enough. Right. He knows what he's doing. He may not have yeah. a vet degree, but the stuff he's, that he's doing, he knows what he's doing. Oh, he's yeah. so in tune. Yeah. <laughs> he knows all. them. He knows them. What's the word? Anatomic, anatomically. Yeah. Um. And, you know, most of us are just what's on the outside. And if we can set them up right, they look okay. Then, you know, we don't really know all the ins and out too much, you know, even myself. And I've been keeping these lizards for a long time, right? I still have trouble. So that's all that. I was just like, I want to bring that up because, you know, people <coughs> shit on him for that. Because also when it comes to monitors, he's done a lot for monitors. He's made water monitors way more popular for one. Uh, and he does yeah. the way he calms those things down it's it's pretty crazy if you watch some of those videos of how he calms those monitors down he works with them so much but yeah dale said dr death that's what they were it's, if you look it up that's what they call him is dr death the, this vet that has it out against kevin mccurley Ugh. anyways uh oh also i just wanted to shout out uh the uh pint size reptiles podcast episode two comes out thursday it's on rubber boas anybody that's interested in rubber boas all like six people across <laughs> the country that's interested in rubber boas three of us are on the podcast together so, <laughs> so the other oh three people gosh. can enjoy that it comes out thursday and then uh in blue's second episode will come out next week and then it'll rotate on and off uh here on out so those, those two podcasts are coming that's awesome i'm super excited about the rubber boa then uh in two weeks, I think everybody's going to really like it. It's not a species one. It's not a, a pint-sized reptile, which is the whole theory. But we have a monk. A monk. You on. are fascinated with this yeah, guy. He's very, very interesting. You know, I, you, you have not interview. stopped talking about him he's since not always been you a recorded he, he, he wrote several like exotic pet and reptile books in the 80s, and then he became a monk. And he's a, it's, it's a very interesting interview. Uh, that'll be out in two weeks. So That's everybody crazy. listen to that one. I, I don't know well, if that was my phone. No, it was, I don't know. I don't know. Ian Blue will have another one out next week, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think Corey Martin is mm -hmm. the one that one I, I mm -hmm. believe so. So that'd be a good one too. Um, oh, I was going to talk about, uh, you want to talk about your, the new things you built this week? Sure. You built a new arboreal cage. I did. Uh, 18 by 18 by 24 arboreal. That's your first arboreal. Well, 
like this week or well you just recently started building some cages cages mm-hmm. i'm i'm sitting here waiting on heat tape and uh so well shit i have all this pvc sitting here i might as well build something that doesn't take heat tape yeah so we built some cages um we went and built i went and built some cages on sunday yep. built uh two four footers and then today i designed for a guy um took me like four hours to get it designed but basically it's 47 inches wide and it's three separate enclosures it's 47 by 18 by 30 yeah like chameleon cages what is he um day geckos day get and then divided equally it's got three doors that'd be cool yeah so i'm gonna probably build it tomorrow that's a it's quite a cage mm-hmm. 30 inches tall mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be a lot of cage yeah yeah it's gonna be cool that'd be neat I, uh, I also realized I ordered a thermostat and uh, heat panels for that the two cages we made. And, and I don't know how this happened, but I looked up the uh, UPS thing today, and apparently they're going to Pineville. Like, the, in any case, that's our old house in Louisiana that we're no longer at. So, Are they really? Yeah. Well, good thing uh, Katie's parents good thing. Well, not only that, but I'll be there on well, the 24th. Well, the thermostat. I, I found out that the heat panels are on back order, and we're waiting for them to come in. And I'm trying to switch them down to a different size. We'll see what happens. Okay. They, they may or may not... Hopefully they get here before my new snakes get here at the end of the month. Yeah. If not, then I will have to, I don't know, buy heat panels at Conroe, I guess. But I'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's all. I'm, Lone Star, do you ship out of country? I don't. Mm. Is, I don't because in order sale? to export, especially to Canada, every single component has to be made in the USA. Really? And that's pretty much impossible to source everything made in the USA these days. Huh. That's crazy. That is. What was I listening to? I was listening to, uh, I was listening to uh, one of the new Herpticulture uh, podcast and they had a group on who was making a new type of cage and they were talking about the price of like just <laughs> shipping containers going from like two grand a shipping container to, to like 20 grand a shipping container. Yeah, I think these, um, look, James Bergoli says he has heat panels. I already ordered some, but I may end up getting them from you. Um, I think they were 16000 is what each shipping container costs this time on this new order we did. That's crazy. And then the shipping went up to over twenty grand just for the shipping per container. Yeah, and everybody's upset because prices are getting raised here and there. But, I mean. I, I was talking to a friend of mine today that's building a bar dominium. And when he was uh, getting all the financing lined up first part of last year. The quote he got for the spray foam, I think the I think it's uh, it's fifty five hundred square feet, twenty one foot walls. Um, also doing the roof to do the spray foam, it was like fourteen thousand. Yeah. Uh, well, he called him the other day to have him come in there, like, hey, uh, we have to give you a new quote. Materials are up like nine hundred percent. Jesus. In that time, Jeez. it was over sixty grand. Fuck. He said I only paid forty eight thousand for the shell of the building. But he said the whole building is designed around being spray foam, so I have yeah, to do it. It's got to be done or else you'll freeze to death in there. Yeah, well, you, you, there's other ways to insulate them, but the way this building is designed, it's designed to be spray foamed. Gotcha. Um, so he's got to do the spray foam, and he's going to have to come out of pocket for that. Luckily, he can afford it, Yeah. but that's a big hit. That's a huge hit. That's a huge hit, especially when it's more than your actual building. Uh, my sister... She took a receipt from H-E-B from April of last year 
and went and shopped it yesterday. It was 165 bucks in April and it was almost 300 bucks yesterday for the exact same items. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, just, I, I know we talk about it every week, but it, it, you see it pop up on post because uh, someone was complaining about, you know, sea serpents prices going up. I mean, that's, he had to, it's that or you go out of business. It's not going to stop either. We're, we're, it's not I'm glad gonna, I got my incubator when I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah. Lovely. All I've right. seen an, annual prices for normal stuff that would typically go up, go up every four months. Mm-hmm. Stuff, yeah. That's crazy. <clears throat> All right. I'm done. Me too. I'm it. I got to go pee. I know I'm calling, calling it quits because I got to pee, but I got to pee. <laughs> Kai, if you, you, wanna, you fuss what? at me when I do that. Yeah, well. <laughs> Kai, if you want to get a hold of you and uh, and hit you up for stuff, what's the best way? Um, easiest place would be Facebook. Just Kai Fan. K-H-A-I-P-H-A-N. You say um, that? I, you tried to, also- I tried to tag you in a post I made today. There's, there's a lot of Kai fans, and none of them yeah. came up as you. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not tagging them in here. But you're easier to find if someone searches you. And then you, pr- if you're a reptile person, you probably have a friend that is friends with Kai. Yeah. So if, if you yeah, find yeah. Kai fan and you share a friend, that's probably him. I have a, I have a mangrove monitor on my shoulder. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm like lizarded out on my page, so you can't really miss it. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they can reach out and they can... Uh, get some monitors since you have tons of babies in the incubator at all the time <laughs> typically yeah right now right now is the lowest number because i'm kind of at my chill point but still there's still a few eggs in there uh, but come uh come summertime and spring i'll have quite a few more that's awesome and then robert if they want to get a hold of you ellisreptileracks.com hit them up uh, you'll be doing flat packing soon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add all those enclosures to the website. Yeah, four foot Probably cages, tomorrow. two foot cages, three foot cages. Yep, six foot. Uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. That'd be awesome. Uh, if you want to get us, we are the Reptile Gumbo, pa- Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at gmail.com. Also, remember to listen to our other podcasts on the Reptile Gumbo Network because I'm not original and I stole that idea from the other two people that decided to make a network. <laughs> But you got the In Blue Reptile Podcast. Give them a listen. They have their first episode out with Justin Kabilka from last week. And then they'll have one coming next week. And then you've got Pint Size Reptile Podcast, which you can find our first intro episode. And then again, we will have a new episode on Rubber Boas coming out this Thursday, which we're super excited about because we love Rubber Boas. Um, And we're on Apple now and Google and all of you can find us everywhere. So do that. And don't forget our giveaway. We're giving away at the end of the month a replacement lid for an exoteric cage so it's that pvc allows you to mount stuff to it it's really awesome go check out uh focus cube on their website they have tons of different sizes too if you like the idea but you don't have a big exoteric cage they do have several sizes to fit the cage you have especially if you're like a, a dart frog person it'd be great for holding in humidity and stuff like that so thank you all for listening kai if you'll hold around but thanks for being on the show uh that's it good night mm-hmm.